good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Pod 67, the newest and freshest Celtic podcast going. My name is Ryan Gallagher, and let me introduce to you the brand new panel on this show. First up, Mr. I don't even know what to call you, mate. I'll just call you your name, Mr. Scott Sutherland. How you doing, Scott? Felt like I was back in the classroom there, mate, getting talked to by the Waynes. Hi, I'm good, mate, yourself? <laughs> Do the Waynes talk to you like that? Yes, surely you should be the one talking. No, mate, I'm the sir, mister, mister, they call me, mister Sullins, so, but it's, it's good to see you, Ryan, that you've stopped uh, drinking your soup, and you, or eating your soup, I should say, and you're on with uh, two Celic fans for once in a podcast, you know? I thought I'd make an effort for once, mate, and we'll talk about Celic for a change. That was than, some uh, Charlie Rick Patter right there, man, I thought I heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> that ridiculous. Maybe Ryan, if you, uh, maybe Ryan, if you went to another podcast and you took your Celtic stuff with you, mate, and then you, you talked about Celtic for once, I. <laughs> the second voice you just heard there is everybody's least favourite Selig da, but he loves being a Selig da. It's yeah. Mr. Tony Doyle. How are you doing, Tony? I'm still not happy with that actual claim to fame there, but I'm not too bad, not too bad. Mate, you love it. You, you'll pretend right now that you don't like being a Selig da, but you are a Selig da and you uh, embrace uh, it every single week. I don't know about that, I'm going to say, mate. I need to highly disagree there, to be honest. So, boys, pod 67. We, we, we eventually got it started. This has been, what, two years in the making? I say in the making. It's not really been in the making, has it? It's a we get the idea about three years well. ago and then everyone their grand decided to do podcast since and we thought we'll get involved. Let's uh, join this bandwagon five years after it's set sail. Right, so. thought after everyone's made the dough for it, man. But Aye, that's really podcast, didn't we? Anyway, if you're listening, you can find us on Twitter. We are at pod underscore 1967 because at Pod67 wasn't available. Apparently somebody called Patrick Gallagher owns it, which is the name of my da, so I'm going to be hunting them down just in case it's... We'll try to buy that off No buy that off Your da definitely can't even work Twitter. No, my dad can't even work <laughs> his cell, mate. He can't even work his phone. Never mind set up fake Twitter accounts. So we'll crack on with, with the show then, boys. So we've got a couple of talking points that we'll go through just now. So the first one is the, the rumour of bio... Leaving, leaving Celtic he's apparently going to be going to St Mirren you two boys are a bet at the start of the season here <coughs> I'll just I'll run everybody through this um, Scott picked Clamalla to be his guy this year Tony for two seasons in a row has picked Bayo um, Clamalla has now scored two well we'll get we'll call it two goals in, in pre-season and then one in the league as well um, Bayo hasn't even made it to the bench so are you going to pay it yet Tony? Well, let's be honest, Bio said about three goals, but it was if a Craig Levine. So we'll take that, you know what I mean? Nah, if, if the rumours are true, it goes to St Mirren. I'm still quite confident Bio will score more in Clamalla. Aye, but it was, it was for Celtic, though. It was for Celtic. It wasn't if. Nah, 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 nah. After uh, King Kamala or Polish Paddy, whatever you want to call him, uh, one, one, game, one goal, you can't get better than that. Uh, by, for Bio, St Mirren, could be a good move for him, but. I've heard he was linked with Toulouse as well, but personally, I would rather he was punted out to an SPFL club to play, basically, and try and take some points off of Rangers. We'll see, to be honest, though, if he's been linked to St. Mirren, I think that's all you can eat, though, but it's time to get rid of him. Well, the, the St. Mirren deal was a, was a loan deal, but the Toulouse one was apparently a permanent. The, the talk was hijacking. I think they like to use that term to hijack the, the deal. So if he, if he is going to lose, it looks like it's going to be a permanent deal, which is a bit of a shame because he did have, like, he also never many chances, but when he did get his chances, he came in, he scored them goals, like we say, that Craig Levine chopped off him. We'll get it to him, he's not getting it to him. But there's, there's definitely a player in there, not being on show, is it? 
I'd be I'd be pretty gutted if they let him go. I feel he's not really been given a chance. I feel like a loan move, you get him out there. If he went to St Mirren, we got to see what he was like in the league. Who knows, he could go to St Mirren buying in 15, 20 goals. Maybe we got a player, but we might, maybe we think we owe to lose one because they gave us Julian. If we end up selling Bio, I think we just need to void the bet. Simple as that. Aye, the best if he's, if he's sold for the club, it's voided and you'll need to pay it. No, it has to be voided, but it's, it's, sellers are no, no contest, no danger. Right, we're having enough of this voiding chat, we're not talking about it ever again. 20 quid is 20 quid, I'm not losing because I fucking beat a lot of stinginess, no danger. <laughs> uh, right, up next then, you call me a soup taker, <clears throat> let's go to the, the soup taker, soup taker, Chris Commons. Um, he thinks that Celtic and Rangers should be looking at Martin Boyle from Hibs, do you agree with that? I personally do. What age is Martin Boyle now? You must be 26, you know, 27? I think 26, 27. That ballpark game, but you can get him for under half a million, I reckon. It's back up for James Forrest, challenging for Dembele. Personally, I think it should be sending Dembele by the way to Hibs on loan and take Martin Boyle off them. Sweeten the deal even more. I'm going to have to, have to disagree with my fellow podcaster there. And also, Chris <laughs> Commons, uh, I don't know what club, maybe he was drinking that Aberdeen pub for the weekend because he is talking a lot of nonsense if you think we can get him for... The two, was it 250,000 they said? 250, aye. 250, I mean, I, I personally think Martin Boyle, good player, he's done it for Australia, good goal scorer in the league, but uh, nah, not for me at Celtic level. And on Dembele, I think, I thought at the start of this pre-season, I thought, I kind of looked at Dembele and I thought a wee bit slight and heard, I've seen the Damien Duff interview and said he maybe doesn't work the best, but I was really impressed with him in pre-season and... I'd like to see him basically get a shot. I mean, he's only got one year left in his contract, I think. Is that right? So, you look at him on his Insta, his pals with Griezmann and all that. We need, to, we need to be playing this guy. We can't be putting him to hips. Well, he's definitely getting Griezmann in the fucking park head because he's pals him. That's <laughs> not a reason to start the Celtic team. Mate, you never know, mate. You never know. Oh, he's pals with Griezmann. That must mean he gets a start there, problem. Nah, no. He's just a wee guy. He's so small. Mm. I mean, he's just turned 17, fair enough, but... I don't know. He just—I don't know if he's going to be able to make it physically. Like, he's just going to be bullied off that ball constantly. But I suppose it's not really used. He's not new to being that the wee guy in the park. He's, he gets started every game he plays. So, so who was it he came on against? Was it Hearts? He came on against that um, when he made that Hearts. appearance and against Aaron Hickey it was. And uh, Hickey absolutely uh, done him, and he, he bounced up like fucking flubber. Like he just he hit the flare, bounced up, and nearly scored after it. So he's used to getting kind of. Battered about, so to speak. Yeah, he had like you on toast that day. He had him for on his own feet. I'd be, I would be for Martin Boyle. You know, he scores, he scores goals, which he, he's been doing for Hibs ever since. And see if he does come. Do we get the wee kangaroos that are sitting in the stands? I know. Is that well, that's, part that's, of that's it. Don't so deal. No, I mean, get advertising. They need to go up before we kangaroos get in. <laughs> I just want the Adidas uh, logo and Parkhead. That's all I want. There. Aye, why have we not got that? Why? Is, why is not Maybe because the kit deal, I don't know, does it, oh, it started, didn't it? Well, it's, it's, it's gone, we're wearing new tops, so surely, Adidas, <laughs> Scott, you're wearing the tap, don't you? Mate, I know, I'm not, <laughs> mate, I got it first, I thought, I thought, well, wouldn't they give me one, because I got a refund last season, but no, eh, I don't the club shop about that, so I managed to get mine early. Speaking of which, I think we need to get managers kit sorted, because Lennon and that fucking hoodie for the cupboard is looking absolutely terrible to see the part against Alton man did, did he bring his own did he bring his own Adidas track away or something like that he didn't even have a Celtic one like you can just tell that's been in tennis, but tennis bar about a hundred thousand times man but like he's been kicked out the street with that one 
million times. Not Ripped up the back. <laughs> he get up with the suits and that, and he, he, he can get people glasses of water, so yeah, I think that's what we need I wonder if the Adidas stuff's waterproof. I don't know. I don't know how that'll be. Great quality, apparently. Yeah, great quality. Stabproof, anyway. Aye, true. <laughs> uh, our boy, whether we, we call him our boy or no, Kieran Tierney. Let's talk about him winning the FA Cup. That's See, as much as we, we slaughtered him for leaving and the way that he left, that's some, that's some achievement in it, first season trophy. Not interested. <laughs> no, I... Mate, my opinion on Kieran Tierney, it's a, it's a bit like an ex, isn't it? He's still basically still, still in love with him. I mean, but he's still putting up instas and all that with his pals like Bamiang. But then you see you see him like no clapping for the national anthem. You're like, I still love you, mate. <laughs> he's still in there somewhere. He still thinks about me. <laughs> he still thinks about me. Maybe, maybe we could get back together. But nah, I mean, aye. He's, play, he's playing well, isn't he? He's doing, doing amazing, doesn't he? They're, they're raving about him now. They're saying 25 million was a steal, which which we said at the time was a steal. Like, the players, the money guys go for down, down south is unbelievable. And see the fact that we're selling guys at Tierney for that. I, I go back to it all the time. The fact that we sold them barely for the same money as um, all of the money went for in the same transfer window is a absolute disgrace. Well, it's robbery. It's a robbery. That should never be allowed to happen. But because he plays in England, it's fine. So I think Tierney we definitely should have gotten more for him. Um, but he'll go for big money to an R team after Arsenal, I, I reckon. Definitely. Like, he could even play with Man United, probably no problem, I think. Because that looks good. Yeah, looks good. 100%. Yeah, he's hopeless, isn't he? Well, it, it, to be fair, every time Arsenal play, I'm always on Twitter, constantly just checking to see how Tierney on that day. I'm like, right. Let's go through this cycle again. Let's go through the motions constantly. Put myself through the pain and guilt. Then you look at up to you and you're right, ball and ball goalie, Greg fucking Taylor. No happy. Hey, listen, we'll go on to Greg Taylor later on. We'll talk about that later on. Right, boys, so we'll go over the, the weekend results then. So we'll start off with uh, Monday night's game. Ross County won Motherwell nil. The game, game of penalties, this one. Um, Ross County scoring theirs, Motherwell stupidly missing theirs which was horrendous did you watch the game? I mate watched the full game uh, really really disappointed in Motherwell to be honest with you expecting a lot more from them uh, thought first half they played with, with Turnbull on the left hand side and that just didn't work it reminded me of us under Ronnie Dyler with Stuart Armstrong just wasting a player there stuck out on the left hand side moved mm-hmm. them into the middle and we were a better second half but uh I th- mm-hmm. thought Ross County were decent. Boy Stewart up front, he was a handful. A lot of folk are tipping Ross County to go down, but that makes you think probably otherwise the way they played in that game. Um, so that, it was a David De Gea masterclass last night, mate. It really was. It was nice. He's, he's, he's some <laughs> coach, isn't he? He's shaking goals. He's shaking goals, but he's already been a coach for Ross County. Next game up then, Dundee United and St. Johnson, both drawn one each. Um, Nay Shankland affecting this one, which everybody was expecting, but... Yeah. Um, was it Nicky Clark, the hairdresser, that scored for them? Penalty. Couldn't aye. believe he was taking the penalties instead of Shankland. Hit him in my fantasy team. I thought aye. that was a shooting. So, da. I was gutted about that one. I was watching a sports scene and I seen him step up. I'm like, no! What are you doing hitting the penalties? <laughs> Stop that! What about uh, Michael Howland, though? He must have had a bet to get sent off because I think he was just trying to get sent off. Did you hear Callum Davison after the game? He went through him. He literally, like, openly went through him, and in the media, like, this guy is just done. <laughs> he has done us here. No wonder, though. That's what he said. It was three, three fouls that he had. He could have been red carded for any of them. He get a yellow for the first one and a yellow for the third. 
it's like that. You, get, you get warned the second time and they're, they're actually talking about taking them off and they just they should have taken them off in hindsight Aye. but it totally cost them massively don't know what he was thinking but they, they managed to pull it back anyway and get a, get a one each mm-hmm. out of it big win for St Mirren beating Livingston 1-0 at home that was, a, that was a shocker that's London Dykes not getting his transfer to Rangers Aye, true Aye. Aye. Can't even beat St Mirren but, uh, to, be, to be fair neither can they so it's alright well this is true now nah, Livingston are, are just a home team aren't they they're absolutely hopeless away from home unless you're playing plastic then that's right we say it all the time but it's that park it's, a, it's the greatest equaliser like when they came back up to the SPL they, they've ripped up the grass park and put in a plastic one for a reason yeah exactly yeah. it's worth for a minute the hammer throws I should really need that one because they've got a uh, they're playing Rangers on Sunday and then they play us next midweek, so I think it was important for them to get off to a good start. First game on Saturday then, Aberdeen, um, they were shite, weren't they, against Rangers, Aberdeen? The first 20 minutes, Rangers pains me to see it, but they look quite sharp. They were getting the ball, their pressure was bright, but Aberdeen were pish. <laughs> 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 they were the whole game. What I noticed though was that Rangers see with that front three that they've got with Hadji, Kent and Morelos. Granted, I'm not even counting Morelos in this, it's more Kent and Hadji. Every time the Aberdeen defenders get the ball, man, they were on them constantly. Aye. But Aberdeen just crumbled. They didn't know how to handle it. They, they end up just being a, a team of kickers and runners. Oh, Aberdeen were uh, horrendous, to be honest. See, it was, you would have thought it was a bomb, not a ball. See the way that they were just, it was just lump ball and it was typical McInnes tactics, seeing a big game. Mm-hmm. Basically just stand off. And it was just stand, they were just standing off and they were waiting uh, for Rangers to score. But Rangers didn't really impress me much either. They created one chance. And they could have got a couple of goals towards the end, but they only really had one chance for the full game against Aberdeen, who are a total gang of a team. I've seen a lot of folks saying that oh, it was a it was a one 0 but it was a like a convincing one 0 I'm like a one 0 is never convincing. It doesn't matter how you think you played in the game. One 0 is not convincing. See if we had been out and we're going it later on in the Celtic game. See if we had won one 0 against Hamilton. I'd have been raging at that. I'd been happy with three points, but I'd be raging because all it takes is one. They get one cross in, somebody wins a heady, and, and that's you. You've you've got two points. And well, we've seen for, that last year. Game, that was always the pivotal moment for Rangers. They were. 1-0 for most of the game but the last 10 minutes of the game every team just went forward pushed, pushed, pushed and that's they get, end up dropping so many points after the new year mm-hmm. St. Johnson, Aberdeen Hearts Hearts ruined their season let's be honest awesome. the cup and beat the and it was beautiful that's the way to play against Rangers so with, with Stendhal he done it twice you get right in their faces you press them high you get in their faces you don't give them time the ball Aberdeen just kind of sat in and it was as if they were just kind of settling for the 1-0 Rangers will take its progress because they would have maybe looked at that game because they played it in January, February last year and thought we would never have thrown that away and lost stupid points. So they'll take that as progress as bad as we go over the line. But that's a challenge for this season. I wasn't that impressed. Next game then, um, Hibs v Kelly. It was 2-1 to Hibs. Um, Martin Boyle, like we said earlier on, played quite well in this game. I thought Scott Allen as well was a, a bit of a handful. But I need to talk about Chris Buck free kick. Did you see it? Oh, can we not just talk about Martin Boyle first? Ah, uh, it was a peach, man. Can we just start off at least a good boy first, Martin? Right, don't, you go, don't you go straight to Chris Buck. Come on, do an order. Come, Come on. on. It was some free kick, though, wasn't it? It was all right, mate. It wasn't a knack against Man United, didn't It was not bad. <laughs> um, no, it was a belted belt goal. It was. It was an absolute thunder bastard. He just struck it and it was not... Going, it was only going to go in the net and the keeper was going wet. Yeah. But as you were saying, Martin Boyle then, um, getting two goals in this one. <laughs> we made the point, Tony. We... 
what do you mind saying that Celtic Scott you were you weren't for it but surely you've seen something in that, that performance you'd have went yeah do you know might take a might take a chance on him especially the second goal did he see that after Scott Allen's pass don't get me wrong it's one of these Scott Allen passes you're still here about next January like that one pass he played but and what a pass it was take that across the goal basically and beat the keeper at his far post it's a brilliant strike and see if you can get that come off the bench for Celtic for the last 10-15 minutes of the game all for it right so that's the weekend results then we'll move on to the the main the main fixture Celtic 5 Hamilton 1 going into this game I was I wasn't I wasn't nervous at all but you've always got to be niggling in the back of your head going we've not played for like 4 months are we going to slip up we didn't slip up we absolutely fucking annihilated them well, we've seen that in like the Bundesliga and the Premier League when it came back. Teams are just sort of getting one 0 sort of victories and just getting over the line. Same with Man City, they're just a freak team, but fair. But it was impressive to come back and do we had Hamilton just a professional job, five one, happy days. Great to just have Celtic back first of all, because I get excited about the pre-season stuff. Normally, I think it's a lot of rubbish, but I did get kind of pay more attention to this year just because it had been that long since we've played but uh, I know what you mean Ryan but I think it's just a nervousness of kind of it's a 10 season sometimes I'll be just going about my day and then I'll just think like fuck we're going for 10 this year like this is happening like this is now and it was the first game but uh, it was weird obviously to see Celtic Park empty because we're obviously so used to see for myself I'm used to going going for the games for the last five or six years and watch away games and that in the telly but it was weird to just sit and watch an actual home game on the telly and I even noticed that watching the Rangers game the day before. It was a time I noticed that more of the fans not being there uh, in comparison to the Premier League because that's just obviously soulless nonsense. You don't really non- notice the fans not being there anyway. Yeah. I really noticed it with the Scottish football stuff. Uh, it was like dialer days or the game, wasn't it? The banners back here. <laughs> <laughs> the banners back, mate, aye. They've moved them down this time rather than putting them up. What about um, Ailey, Ailey Barber's favourite Celtic player, Edson Oddward? What about him? It's an odd word. I've seen she was getting slaughtered for that. So I slipped with a tongue in it. I know. I slipped with a tongue. It's easy done. But I think we can just say right now, Odson Edward, man of the match, cut, putting every single week. He was on fire. Right. He's, see, see when he's on his game, he's absolutely frightening, isn't he? And this is a, this is a guy who, show name, doesn't seem interested. Imagine, imagine he was asked, mate, what he'd do. I know. <laughs> I know, Big Frank, he totally shat it the next day, didn't he? Take him out. <laughs> He's woke up with a feared man big time. <laughs> no, no, for the first time either, with him. Oh, exactly. Uh, no, but even see on Edwards, uh, I thought it was it was a weird performance for him because it was, it was kind of poacher's goals, wasn't it? It was like, it was a little too, but it wasn't really normal Edward goals. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first one's just getting in the right position. <laughs> Brilliantly, and it's... Uh, Second one's a great finish, and the third one's just a kind of sclaff comes back to. Aye, they weren't worldies. They're you're not going to look at them and go, "That's a class goal." But if you look at the goal as a whole, if you like, mm-hmm. like and the overall play, the build up to the goal itself. Aye, and he he just knows he just knows what it's going to be, and that's the thing. If you analyse it a bit more, you can actually look at him and go, "He sees that that ball." I think it was for his second goal. Um, when Forrest is running down the wing, you see him just kind of watching for a second, and then picking up the pace, and he just times it to perfection. When he when he runs it in the box and, and puts it away, so extra. The fact he passed it to Taylor, and then he's on the he's actually getting in a six yard box again to receive that cross back at the ball box. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it, the man is brilliant, and we can't lose him this year. I'm sorry, but we just can't lose him. He's so, crucial to the team. Have we got him for for two more seasons or one? 
100 million for this guy. Mm-hmm. We're, we're fans, we're not shareholders. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the rumours that start with me, I think it comes for Celtic fans. See, I see people saying, like, oh, 40 million, name it less. Like, why are we talking about 40 million? Like, no, he's not for sale. Aye. One more season. Apparently, PSG have got quite a high sell on fee with him anyway. But see, that just came out the other day, that rumour. If that surely was a case, that'd been all over Twitter as soon as we signed him. But that's just came out in the past week. Week. Uh, I don't know where that rumours came from, to be honest. No, PSG on the daft, so I'd imagine probably put jobs are really he's got good he had great potential when he played for him on loan and we managed to get him. So mm-hmm. maybe have stuck something on it. But when it comes to it, I'm like if we keep him and he wins a ten, I could not care less if his contract ran down. No. Mm-hmm. That's that he'll get the statue up. As, and that's the that's the point. See if you've got somebody like that, especially in this season. See if he went last season. You could almost be like, right, okay, fine. But see, going, going for the 10, season of the 10, you don't let him go. You don't even entertain any offers. You go, do you know what? No, you can see, I actually thought until today that this was his last season. So actually, mm. I was thinking in my head going, oh, we've only got him for one more season. Do you know what? Fine. He can sign a pre-contract with Sunday in January and he can go where we're blessing uh, next summer if he delivers a 10. Like, we don't need the money. You know, we've sold players for, for plenty. We'll sell other players for plenty. This is a guy that we can't afford to lose at any, any fee. I'd be saying to him tomorrow and I would just be basically turn around and make him the highest played player at the club. Mm-hmm. Get me saying a one-year extension. If you want to look for a fee for him next summer, one-year extension, make, make him the highest played player at the club. Basically, give the guy what he wants. He's an absolute god. And then we say, when is the 10, end of next season, we'll let you go. Yeah. I think it just starts to make you worried though when you see like links for the Ayeti and then Tony of uh, Peterborough. It's it just makes you start worrying going, Are we about to sell him here? Are we preparing for the oh obviously we are preparing for the worst case scenario, but you don't want to even think or even entertain the thought that he's possibly one eye at the door already. If he said to somebody in the background, I want a move out of Celtic. I don't think he wants to go, so I actually think that he I seen a thing the other day and I don't know how accurate it was if it was somebody just writing it, but somebody was saying like he understands what's happening this season. But he, he gets it, he understands what's at stake this year. And see for somebody at that age who knows fine well that he's at the top of his game, he knows fine well he's going to get a move to, to a bigger club. See if Celtic an icon. If Celtic go we'll give you we'll give you like whether forty five grand a week or whatever it is you want. Take it, no bother at all. Stay for a, a year dollar or ten. He knows fine well that he would be literally regarded as same as Henrik Larson. An icon, definitely an icon. He would be, he would be Henrik Larson of this generation. Like that's, that's the way he would go down. So he knows fine well what he's, what he's getting himself in for this season anyway. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he didn't even entertain a move, to be honest with you. He stayed here during the whole lockdown period as well. I mean, boys like Iron, like quite another few of the foreign boys, they went back home for the three months, but he stayed in Glasgow, so... I don't know, maybe I'm just being naive, but I would say to me that he's quite happy here and I don't hear any murmurs of discontent that he wants to leave, but mind you, with Dembele a couple of years ago, it was all kind of sweet and rosy for him and then all of a sudden it was, he wanted it. So I, the Champions League qualifiers, in terms I know the, this, the biggest point this season is obviously the league title course it is, but the Champions League qualifiers are going to be absolutely huge for us. Eddie's not had a full campaign really with us in the Champions League so if we can keep a hold of him we can get into the qualifiers 
It's a surefire deal. You're going to be like, you've got six games in the biggest competition in the world. Mm. Why would you leave? Go earn yourself a big money move if you perform well yeah. in the Champions League and the Europa League that he's just done there. On the back of winning 10 in a row and possibly a quadruple this season. Only club in Aston, he won two trebles in the one season. And two Scottish Cups in the one season, I know. Exactly. <laughs> two two trebles in the one season. Um, a lot of wins the SFA, telling you right now. Next thing <laughs> that impressed me, boys, Jeremy Frimpong got a goal at the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Played played really well. Um, we all we all agree that Jeremy Frimpong is class. He's probably the number one right back we've got. And he'll be one for the future as well. I put a wee, a wee question on his, his defending um, do you think that Jeremy Frimpong is better if we actually play them right wing rather than right back? Because sometimes his defending can be a wee bit suspect. Obviously, he's really small as well, so he can quite easily get battered off the ball by, by some bigger guys. He's tricky. I'll give him that. He can get himself out of situations. But I, I watched the Hamilton game, and there was a couple of ones where he was, he was kind of one-on-one. He was getting nearly beaten, or he was getting nudged off the ball and stuff. Like, Do you think he'd be mm-hmm. better? push forward a little bit I don't know it's the same argument you got with Andy Robson and uh, Kian Tierney for Scotland and stuff but the game is sitting deep and getting forward and getting beyond the winger so I think you actually put him up the field more who's going to put it right back then El Hamed but you need to leave him there and rely on him but he's not going to have that same support in the line that James Forrest and Frimpong starting to get that relationship so mm. take away from his game if he did that I think but I do see the, the issues with the both wing backs with the the height is getting exploited quite a lot, even in the game there against Halton. We didn't deal with a lot of balls at the box properly. You've only got Julian and I are really the team that can win the headers, especially with Bain and goals. It's not actually the most confident at the back. Aye, I noticed that as well, especially set pieces, even just playing Hamilton, that mm. we've only really got Julian and I are that are big guys. To, like, we looked a bit vulnerable, we looked a bit suspect, I think, for set pieces. We were saying that, beating them 5-1, but I thought uh, Hamilton actually did all right in terms of, it reminded me a wee bit of a, uh, like a Norwich type team where they were quite easy on the eye obviously during the game against Alton we didn't really deal with the aerial threat that well we just touched on really but I noticed during the Hibs game that uh, Ross Millen for Kelly was putting a lot of dangerous balls in the box it was actually getting Kelly quite a lot of joy you know for replaying them Sunday so we need to keep an eye on that especially just relying on Julian and Ayer especially if Barkas as an unknown let's be honest comes into a team we don't really know how he's going to command these box because like with Scott Bain we've seen it time and time again he just does not command that box and it puts us at such a danger every time so I'm a bit hesitant to play two small wing backs but I think right now it's the best I've got and we need to go forward with it Speaking of the, the, the other wing back then with Greg Taylor um, we've been we've been both critical and fell praise from for him from, uh, from last season um, it looks like he's taking that spot over Bolly looks like Bolly's probably going to be on his way out if, um, if we get this new boy in him which we'll touch on later on what did you make of Greg Taylor? I thought he played really well I think he had a really good pre-season to be fair I think that's done him a lot of a massive favours and especially being with the team for the past year or so now that's getting him used to the squads but if, on Sunday I think he was brilliant his balls in the box were fantastic it was very Kieran Tierney wasn't it? Getting the, really getting the balls in the box no, it, the, the balls in the box were that, that was what Tierney done all the time it was that low drilled ball Right across mm-hmm. the face of goal and somebody just picking it up. That's what Tierney done all the time. Um, and if Greg Taylor can start doing that as well, he can two goals at it this weekend. So, well, that, that's what we touched on earlier with the Edward first goal and the link up play between Edward and Taylor. 
Edward does passes the ball out and Taylor gets that ball into the six yard box and it's just beautiful precision, precision pass like there's no the defence can't do anything about it the keeper can't even come for it it's just excellent on a plate for Eddie you can't miss that so if you can keep that up and do that week in week out I think I'm more than confident to go with him as number one he'll, he'll give you like seven seven out of ten performances every week uh, in SPL especially at level at home Hamilton I was really happy to see him getting forward and two balls in front of the box a great crosses perfect areas but, uh, a wee bit of suspect I think more so I know you're touching on Frank Pong but I think Taylor more suspect defensively uh, mm. on Frank couple of balls down the line that he could have stopped the cross getting in I thought and I know it's only a friendly but one of the things that I took away for the PSG game was that I didn't think Greg Taylor was cut out for that level playing against that table of opposition where I thought Fringpong he thrived in that environment in that game I know it was 4-0 but I thought Fringpong done really well I thought most of PSG's attacks seemed to come down Taylor's side so obviously you've seen Foley man he looks at the picture especially when you obviously see these closed door games and Lenny's shouting like, where are you going, Bolly? And all you can hear is for the audio is Lenny. So I think Bolly, I mean, I would quite like to see Bolly, especially in a 3-5-2 chance, but I think that ship sailed. So at the moment it's going to be Taylor, but I think we need to look to bring someone else in. Yeah. And, uh, last performance in to criticise or look at Scott Bain and goals. Um, we've brought in Vassos Barkas from AAK Athens. Um, he played against us when they put us out of Europe. So we know that he must be decent. What do you reckon with, with Scott Bain? He didn't have a lot to do in this game, but are we still... I think we're all in agreement. We don't want him as number one, are we? You just can't rely on him. Like, um, he switches off too easily. And with Celtic, you don't have a lot to do for 90 minutes, let's be honest. Mm. But you need to be on the ball. You can't just switch off like he did there. And even the first half, where he's trying to catch that ball, we just ends up punching it out for a corner. Against a better team, that ball in the box, that's dangerous. We can't be risking that. Especially this season, we can't, we can't rely on a keeper like that. Yeah, he's, a, he's a number two goal, and he'd be all right, maybe come in in the cup games. And I do, I do like being, I do like him, but it's just, I mean, you see the shot uh, with the goal that scored on, on Sunday, and I'm, I'm looking if we had big Foster in goals, there's no way that that ball was in. I mean, his positioning's off. I don't know if I'm being too harsh, but takes a couple of deflections and he's a wee bit shorter than Foster and I thought, he just kind of, he just doesn't really inspire me with confidence. He's not a goalie that'll make loads of errors. Like he is absolutely shocking, but he's kind of, he's not doing anything outstanding either. There's a sh- some shots will go into and go, he's like struggling to save things that Foster will pull off outstanding saves. Bain just doesn't really do that for me. Mm-hmm. I think when he came in though it was a wee more magic I suppose from Brendan Rodgers came in put him in against Ibrox and he played an absolute blinder that day as the famous Mary lost miss that hit the post and the fucking deflection the ball was a bit everywhere brilliant but I think he's only a backup in the very worst case scenario we can't rely on him and I think I'd be on I'd be, I'd be more happy going and getting our goalkeeper this season I'm surprised Lennon didn't play Barkis because I thought Hamilton's the ideal opportunity Hamilton at home I know he's only trained one day but I thought I remember if you remember last season we signed Foster I think on the Thursday night or something we announced him at a Europa League game and by the Sunday when we played Hearts he was right in goals yeah. I thought Lennon would do similar and now we're, he's going to have a week's training behind him but he's definitely going to play next Sunday and so Rugby Park's quite a difficult game to throw him into but 
Can't say it's more like a trial by fire. Kelly at Rugby Park than it is against Hamilton at home. I didn't understand that, to be honest. I thought maybe you just put him in the now. Fair enough. If you let that win in on Sunday, I think a lot more folk will be understanding going, right, fair enough. There's two deflections. I think it's because it's Scott Bain. We've all seen enough of what he can do and what he brings. We're just going, nah, not good enough. Need to get this guy out of here. And that's what I mean. Is that no? Is that not a bit harsh though on on being that goal? Like I know we were saying in the group chat. I, I didn't think that I would. I wouldn't put full blame on uh, Scott Bain for that. So I don't think it was very fair to put blame on. It was literally a double deflection. Like the the shot went to one side and he moved, and it took a double deflection went the opposite way. It's going to be tough for any goalie to get to that. I don't think that's yeah. particularly fair. But I see your point that if it was Forster, he probably would have saved it. But just because he's a, a, like a fit to all of them or something like that, probably. I don't think you can put full blame on him, but he's not covered himself in glory. It's not down the middle of the net, but it's no, it's no fucking far away from the middle. He should be getting to that, and he does, he does get a touch to it. So that's what makes it even worse. Like, come on, just come on, just do the hand push ups and just get going. I think my patience is just basically it ran out of him, and obviously, in the pre season, but we all know we needed a goalie. And watching the PSG game, it just kind of confirmed it even more for me that we desperately need a goalie. And then yeah. see that go against Hamilton, you're just like, nah, this is this is it for you, mate. You need to just. I mean, I'm still after him to have a future at the club and maybe <coughs> play in tough games or whatever. But aye, the is going to be the man now, aren't you? It's getting to the point where Bain seems to have a howl at every game, mm. and this season it just can't be allowed to happen. Yeah. And it hasn't. That's what Brent said on a one goalkeeper. Right, so last up then, Klamala, Patrick Klamala. He came on as a sub. Um, actually, I seen him coming on, was it 82nd, 83rd minute? I thought, why mm-hmm. you know, we've got five subs, why are we not using him a bit earlier than that? The game was done. But, I think that but, was the only criticism on Sunday, that the subs weren't made early enough. Mate, see, to be like, fair, the game was done. doesn't matter, they came on and scored. So. <laughs> well, I, but you'd like to have seen Dembele get a bit longer, Chan yeah. a bit longer. Like, the game was done. Get Eddie off after the hat, they can just... Keep an eye on for Sunday. What about his goal drop or some finish? Definitely. Just to think quickly on the, on the subs. Like obviously, they made the change the rules and they were doing five subs. And I was like, this will be great for us. Like mm-hmm. This will be brilliant. And then I remembered that Neil Lennon's our manager and he doesn't make subs until... To the 80th minute. What it is. So, I, I mean, the game on Sunday, it, kinda, it petered off a wee bit at 4-1, but we were right in control. And Hamilton started coming back in there. But I felt the game needed freshened up a wee bit. And like we say... I'd like to have seen Dembele, Kamala get a wee, I know Kamala's got his goals, great finish, but I'd like to have seen him get a wee bit more action, and especially, as Tony says, with Edwards, I mean, he gets a hat-trick, 4-1, you protect him, that's the game over, mm. take him off. I mean, that's what Kamala's all about, that run itself, and that just managed to muscle off the defender at the same time, it was brilliant, and I'm seeing a lot of folks saying, like, oh, it's just one of these things, it's a one-hit wonder, but we've seen it in training the rest of the time, we've seen it in his highlight video on YouTube, that's what he does. He likes to get in behind defenders. And if he can do that, pretty much off the bench, not every week, but if he can bring that to the party, I think Griffiths may have a chance and have a, have a hard chance of getting back into the team, to be honest. So he, he did say during the summer, which we all, we all thought was going to become one of these things, but it just keeps getting quoted. Like he was in the gym and he was bulking up and trying to get to grips with the Scottish game a bit more because it's a bit more physical than he was expecting and we all thought alright okay mate whatever but it wasn't it's worked for him he he yeah. him behind that guy he used his strength he shoved him off great finish to, to put it across the goalie as well for, I would say a tight angle probably there wasn't a lot of to work with and the fact that he was able to get it into that corner um, 
I thought it was really good. I, I think he's going to be a great player for us this season, to be honest. I think he's going to be a good alternative to come on. If uh, I'd like to see him playing off the back Eddie as well in some games, if it's not going, maybe not going our way or something like that, bringing him on. And, 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 and in pre season, that we didn't actually really get the chance to see. Mm-hmm. You know, Lennon went with uh, he went with his first, he went with the 11 that basically played. On Sunday, they basically started every game, and then it was a sort of B squad. Mm. I'd have preferred to see a kind of mix between the two. So, and maybe a couple of games in France, he went three five two, and we've seen we've ne- we've never seen Eddie and Clamal, I don't think, on the same pitch, no, like, at all since he joined in January. So, that would be shot my light. I'd agree. I think he's he's now got to be number two, two striker at the moment for me. Anyway, he's worked really hard, obviously, over lockdown. I know what you're saying, Ryan. He's probably Peter Loyal's got the gun in his head saying. You get you say you've been in a gym because we're not saying any strikers, but uh, <laughs> no, he's what and it was a great. I mean, it's a brilliant striker. The chances him scoring at that point when the pass comes through, muscles the defender, and it's he, I think it takes a goal by surprise actually how well he finishes it. And the pass for Julian as well, just touching on that, is outstanding. If he can add that to his game, obviously, we're used to Ayer taking the ball and coming out of defence for it. So Julian for me is a better defender, and see if he can add that when it comes at the game and he passes it. Plays those thirty yard passes, then he's he's feelings a man that should be going for twenty million, not higher. <laughs> if, even if Kamal doesn't make it at Celtic, it's not for a lack of trying. At least just during his pre-season, you've seen what he's done. He shared the head. He's gone for the whole Scott Brown factor as well. Excuse your superpowers. That I see. I think that's Boy's issue. He needs to copy me and you, mate. Just copy me and you. Well, that's it, mate. I you just see me and you. The jocks team up are going sexy bastards up there, definitely, and getting that done. But <laughs> does wait, does everybody think, at Celtic shave their head? Pretty much. Well, Scott Brown does it, and he doesn't do it for the fucking Adidas catalogue, which is quite annoying. Every picture he's sitting there with a fucking full-on barnet with a V haircut. No liking that. And James Forrest took all the hair that they shaved off and put on his. <laughs> <laughs> Try to pass his 18 for social. Here, here, by the way, James Forrest is keeping that haircut. I know. I thought that would have been gone as soon as the barber's open, but he's kept it for the first game. Oh, no. He looks like a DJ. Mate, he looks horrendous. I'm not going to lie. He looks absolutely horrendous. He has to get, it, get rid of it. That was the game, boys. Celtic 5, Hamilton 1. Quite convincing. Um, we're going to move on to our first wee feature of the show then. Um, we're going to pass it over to our resident Celtic da for Tony's Duds and Heroes. So, Tony, who's your dud for the game and give us a reason why? Well, touching on it earlier on, I think it's got to be Scott Bain. He's the only one that had a sort of poor, shaky game. Ryan Tristan possibly had a quiet game. Didn't really do much itself. But I think just for Scott Bain for that goal, a couple, a couple of chances that he really should have took better. I think you need to point the finger at him for the dud because I can't really think of anyone had a really bad game. Maybe Ayer, but nah, for me it's definitely Scott Bain. And who's your who's your hero then? For me, Neil Francis Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that man. No, and obviously it's this, it's a Austin Edward definitely. Had to your first game. It's not really scored during pre-season. Um, a lot of folks are saying it's not really arse and stuff, but nah, definitely Austin Edwards. Right, boys, so a couple of Celtic talking points then. Obviously, this is the first, uh, first one we've done. It's just after the season started again, so we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, first one we'll talk about was a new Adidas deal. It's fucking class, isn't it? Aye, definitely. I think that main green one is honestly the second best kit I've ever seen in my life. After the first yeah. one, honestly, mate, it's day hangs to me. It is day hangs to me. I think it's absolutely classy. The everything they've brought out as well. I think some of, some of the the training stuff that we've got, 
I thought wasn't going to be as nice as uh, New Balance, but it's grown on me, man. Mm. So you've seen them in the like, kind of warming up at the start of games and stuff. Aye, the tracksuits top, but the boys are on Sunday warming up. Aye, that's the first time I'd really noticed them, man. They're, they're really smart, but aye, Lowell's just, he's licking his lips at this point, isn't he? I mean, we're not getting our usual uh, match day income with people going through the gates and that, but the fact that they've brought it this in, we still, I mean, I mean, what age can you get to when you can stop buying football tops? I think there's going to be guys in their 40s and 50s that are going to be buying the first tops we've bought for years. I reckon the car plays about 86. Because <laughs> you would <really> eat. <laughs> Pretty much. It would be a party and drink, I definitely. Any minute. I like uh, New balance stuff, but I mean, the Adidas have just kind of taken it to a new level. I mean, they must kind of judge it on their kind of reputation in the club because some of their Aberdeen stuff was absolutely honking when I seen that. For I think their stuff came out before ours and I was like, Aye. yeah, a wee bit worried, but then the Selig stuff came out it was just unbelievable. At least it's, um, at least you've not got letters peeling off it and stuff when it's getting delivered now. I'm it's just happy it's sad, Chris. <laughs> um, I've seen, uh, did you see the one I sent today? The, the guy working for Hermes delivering the Rangers kits and he just put on like a message on it saying, like Aye. champions again here we go something like 10 in a row <laughs> just that's probably, man. could you imagine yeah, the Rangers fan getting that going oh you bastard you. it's the ones that like, you for the Rangers badges and stuff like this has to be fake this can't be real no. uh, do, do you know see like not even I'm, I'm going to say in their defence it's not in their defence because it's their fault for going with a, a company that's never done it but this is the first time Kistor have ever actually mass produced Fitbit taps like obviously yeah. that was going to go wrong They've never mass produced anything on this level before, so they're just. Yeah, I mean, after it. Andy Murray's get hundreds of thousands of fans, and they've been all flying his gear. So I think you're wrong. Ah, sorry, mate, sorry. <laughs> well, they've basically just signed with Jim Kings. So, what do you expect? Like your, your stuff's going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> bizarre, man. It's absolutely bizarre. But at least it'll be one as well for them to, to play in. They'll probably get a, a wee goalie hat from McGregor or not. We can store on it a bit more. Yeah. I know that. They've won the catwalk as well, but they've also won the commentary walls because they've got Clive Tills in, so I'm I'm absolutely shitting it now about the 10. Breathable as well. <laughs> Clive Tills, he's not really breathable anymore, but whatever. Fucking hell, I'm in dark. Nah, I just, I thought he, he actually fits the bill for him, doesn't he? Greeting face bastard on Twitter. Might as well get him in for the commentary. getting your wife to film you, basically saying that you've been demoted in your job and you're crying about it. I just love the thought, mate. I love the thought of him doing that video and putting it out and everybody slaughtering him and Sunday at Rangers going, Here, by the way, I've got an idea. <laughs> like Sunday at Rangers went, I've got a great idea while the rest of the world slating this guy. So that same guy that was running about the boardroom, dressed as a tiger. It's an absolute belt of that, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, right, next one, I've got um, new goalie, Barkas. So we, we touched on there in, in the game, but let's talk about it a bit more. He was a AEK Athens goalie. He played against us. Um, I think I've went back and watched some clips of him on YouTube, like you naturally do. And obviously, they almost got up the good saves and stuff like that, but it looks like he can handle a kind of one-on-one. He's good at taking the ball out of the air as well. Are we quite excited for this one? Yeah, definitely. Apparently, he's a six-foot-five or something, but that's... AK Athens record transfer fee and actually our transfer record for a goalkeeper as well. But from what I've seen of him, yeah, definitely. He looks like a good keeper. And I can't, I think he did pull a few cracking good saves in that AK game, especially over in Greece. He made it tough for us. 
I mean, it's hard to judge. I mean, you've only, I'm not going to lie and say watch loads of AK Athens games, but watched a few things on YouTube, but try not to go too much off of that because I've done mm-hmm. that last year with Shved and thought he was going to be the best thing since sliced bread and that didn't quite work out. But it makes sense for us, I think, to buy, to go with him. I mean, I know I'd have loved to have seen Foster come back, but I think it was basically looking at another loan and obviously we know how big this season is. Celtic have got to plan beyond the 10 as well in this season and this, like, signing a goal of 26, 3.5 billion or whatever around about the fee was. I mean, it makes sense for us and he can come down here and if he, hopefully he'll do really well for us. And he has Champions League experience and Europa League experience as well, which is quite good. And one well, that's like, true. But even when he heard about the deal, apparently he wanted to leave and go straight to Celtic. Like, nah, I want out of here, I want to move. Mm-hmm. But he's coming from a team in Ajax, oh, Ajax, AK Athens, that are used to going to the league and competing for things. So they must be in the same sort of position as us, where he'll, need to, he'll switch off for like 10, 15 minutes in a game. But that moment of brilliance, he can just pull it out of the bag, which the Bain is lacking because he's so many mistakes with. Hopefully, he's a guy we can actually rely on. Next up then, transfer rumours. Um, we'll talk about some of the rumours that we've had. Tony, talk about Tony. <laughs> do, do you know anything about him? I'm not going to pretend that. I'm not going to do this wee whole scene where I watched the remake, mate, Peter by Die Hard. <laughs> I couldn't tell you an absolute thing about this guy, but I think he's record in the championship last year. It's like 28 goals at 36 or something like that before the lockdown, mm-hmm. which... It's not too bad, but it's League One. Let's not get carried away about here. I'm not really overly impressed with the figures getting quoted from, but six, seven million. I think the only reason we bring him in is if we're selling Edward. I can't see the board spending that money and keeping Edward at the same time. Would you reckon, Scott? I know you've you've kept a wee eye on this one. Would you make him? No, mate, I'm, I mean, his goal record speaks for itself. I mean, I think it's a simple point, but see, when it comes to signing strikers, I mean, always just kind of look at your goal record. Like, Guys that we've signed in the past that turned out to be total goodies for us, like uh, I know Pukki went on and had a wee bit of a better career in Norwich, but guys like Pukki and Falgi and Project uh, and all that, they came in with really poor goal records. When I looked at their, just look at their Wikipedia, I mean, this guy is really highly rated uh, with Peterborough. I mean, Brentford, they're linked to him as well, they're playing right now. Uh, so, I mean, if they go up to the Premiership, uh, I mean, the chances of getting them might be small, but they've got a really good scouting system. Brentford have signed a lot of good players, so if, I mean, if they're interested, I think maybe there's a player in there for them, for us. I think I can link them for about fifty million. I'm pretty sure that's the accurate figure. The fifty million looking for. Absolutely no way, Lawwell. Oh, we'll be no. paying that. Stuff that. Um, Christopher Ayer. Then the the figures quoted for him. Apparently, Milan bid apparently bid twenty twenty two million for him. Um, and we said, no, we want 27. I just want to know, are we after fucking heats? I think Peter Lawyer's starting to follow, and then <laughs> Lennon's taking another job from that day, because it, it makes no sense why that was not back. Like, that is bonkers. If we had actually gone, we went extra 5 million top of the 22, that's fucking insane for Christopher Ayer. Are we buying that? Are we buying that that actually happened? Because we've not seen anything concrete on it. It's, it's really just been rumours. I'm not I, 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 I personally can't buy that. I think I his agents... I mean, ever since the start of the lockdown, I mean, I don't know if it's coming for his agent, but it seems as if he's angling for an exit for Celtic. He's only got two years to go on his contract, but uh, I mean, I know the figures are talking about 20-odd million, you think you snap your hand off it, but I wouldn't. Currently at the moment, I wouldn't take the money for him. I think 
I think there's still, there's still, he's still got a lot to learn, especially in Europe, and kind of he sometimes get turned quite easily. But I think uh, seeing SPFL games, I think he's so valued because the way he comes out for the back, he basically sometimes he can get the ball, you can see the confused look in the midfield. They don't know whether to go, whether to track him, and he can come out the back and he creates so much space for us in the amount of goals that we've scored, especially last season with him taking the ball right out the back and. It, and one pass and putting people in as well and even popped up a couple of goals last season for right back we're talking about Fring Pong if we're not if he's only going to be the one right back we know if, uh, El Hamstrings I mean it's going to be he's going to get injured soon enough so that's another option you've got right back there and then I mean, who, who, do you, who do you bring in to replace him I mean we've got quite a solid partnership going with Julian if you bring in another guy in that's a new partnership you've got to create we've also just got a new goalie that's more uncertainty in the back line so for me Got to keep higher for another season. But to be fair, though, Scott, it wouldn't be Celtic in Champions League qualifiers if Beaton was missing at back. <laughs> that is true. I know. I noticed that when. Like, it makes no sense. We need to do this, mate. We need to do this. Yeah, like, I noticed the other day watching the watching the Halloween game when they cut to the the, the players sitting in the stands. Oh, Beaton was sitting beside Barkas, man. That's him getting their pals. Mate, Beaton's a sight. We cannot sell. Beaton will need to stay there until. Till he's 45, 50, mate, because <laughs> everyone just loves him and that changing room. Uh, we need a centre half. I mean, we're talking about Julian. We've got Julian Ayer, El Hamid. I mean, well, she did quite well in a couple of pre season games, but especially, I know we've started with a 4 2 3 1 playing against Hamilton, but I think last season we obviously we changed to 3 5 2. I think that was geared up for the game at Ibrox. Obviously, the game got called off and never knew what was going to happen, but I think eventually, especially with the amount of strikers we've been linked with, I think we might be looking to move back to a 3 5 2. And under that, I mean, we desperately need another centre half. And if you're going to sell higher, I mean, that's two centre halves you're going to have to bring in. So Just get Jack Andy back for his loan. That'll be fine. Oh, man, did you see him getting interviewed for that? It was the worst, man. It was the worst. Like, it, it reminded me of talking about bloody Rangers when David Bates went to Hamburg and they done a video with him. And you just you actually seen it and you thought, what did they him? They were just making him say things in Scottish. <laughs> like just what what is this in Scottish? And he's like, It's a, a Scotch pie. <laughs> you're just like, don't do that. But it was the same with Jack Henry. Just like, what he's dating him, man. Don't we get it, he's Scottish. <laughs> don't rub it. Could it be must enjoy Barton in France in the fucking French accent when he's talking to people? <laughs> How do you say underdogs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, next one, Albion Ajeti Ajeti from from West Ham. This one looked like it was it was done. He didn't he didn't want to come, and then he might have changed his mind. Now, what are we thinking of him? Because they they rate him quite highly, didn't West Ham? Uh, yeah. I don't know. To be honest, uh, he didn't really get much of a chance at West Ham to feel, but look, I totally get it. He's really up his options. He's not a Celtic fan. Ten row means nothing to this guy, but. I don't think we can be sitting about waiting and waiting till October comes. That's when the window shuts this year in November. So, how long are we going to give this guy? I think, well, Lenin, apparently, I went dead and contacted post to me. It's not hard to believe that Lenin's maybe spoke to me, he's considering it. But I think maybe the guy who'd be back to me, George, and I've seen people on his back, and as if, or if he's no luck snapping up right away, then tell me to get lost. We're not in, we're not in a position to, sell to, to do that. We're not the number one club in Europe. We can't just. I mean, if this guy wants to take his time, he's got a really good track record. Uh, he linked up well with El Yunusi at Basel. I don't know, I don't know if they're pals or whatever. 
respect him, but I wouldn't judge him on his West Ham record because, I mean, I don't know if they've many strikers that they've had uh, in the past four or five years. None of them have. I think they had the boy Haller that they signed for Germany, who was he was meant to be the next best thing for, and he he didn't even date at West Ham, so I think he's only played something like nine games for them. I don't think he's had much chance, but uh, I would just I'm quite happy if we go for him. I mean, it's hard to say because we're waiting to see if he makes up his mind. But Maitland-Niles stuff's come on. I know the uh, the qualifiers are coming up in a couple of weeks, so we'd hopefully get an answer on it. But I'm sure we'll get an answer on it soon enough. Yeah. Just look, just looking there, he signed for he signed for West Ham for eight million. It was he spent on him, um, so that's quite a big quite a big fee for for a guy who you've then not really played much. Obviously, to them that's nothing. Eight million for a an English Premier League team's nothing. But to us, having to go for a guy like that, though, you know, but they saying that we had the option to buy him for five. I think yeah. it was afterwards. So it would. It's probably worth a gamble, to be fair, because if you bring him up on loan, he does well, and you've got that wee five million that you can buy him for. If he's agreed to that, then then you never know if he's passionate. Well, it seems to be Neil Lenz's first sort of target he wants, so if it's the deal's still possibly get done, and the player eventually wants to do it, say two, three weeks in the line, I think you hold out for it, because the way if Kamala's there to back up Edward now, I've got no issues with it at all. Next one then, another striker that we've apparently been linked to. Um, loads of rumours on this one. Stephen Fletcher is a free agent now. They were initially saying that it was going to be a pay-as-you-play one, um, but now there's apparently four or five teams kind of circling him and looking at him. And Chelsea have come out and said that, I think they've come out and said they're interested in him, but they're not going to play hardball on, on money. I think it's a case of, we'll give you a deal. If you don't want it, leave. You know, it's not, it's not going to happen. We'll just make it... Fletcher, I'd have been happy having Stephen Fletcher on a pay-as-you-play. Yeah, I would have been quite happy having that because if he comes out and plays two games and he's absolutely minced, you don't need to play him again. You know, you just leave, leave it at that. So I would have been quite happy with that. I would, don't know if I'd be fully fully happy with actually spending money on a, like a wage for him, though. Not for me. I mean, I think that would just sum up Celtic. The fact is, was it 2009 that we should have signed Stephen Fletcher when he was at Hibs and under Stratton we would have went on and we'd have done the four in a row and ended up we didn't sign him we played hardball we lost it and uh, 12 years later we're going what is he 34 or something we're going to get I mean nah not for me I mean we can laugh and joke about Rangers but they've signed two strikers a day that look to me pretty proven quality I mean it's a step up for what they've done last season they signed Jordan Jones and I think they've made a real... They're obviously... They're, I mean, this is a last chance to stop the 10, so we know they're going to be throwing absolutely everything at it and we need to be doing the same thing. So we need to be going out... Like, guys for Stephen, not for me. We need to be going... Guys like Jetty, Tony, he's come up with a really good record. That's the type of players that we need to be going for, not Stephen Fletcher. See, I don't know how much an issue of it. It's a pay to play like Ryan said there, but he scored 13 goals last year at 27 games. I don't think that's actually quite a bad record that she could Wednesday as well. Well, apparently last year, because we, we get linked with Stephen Fletcher pretty much every year. There's always yeah. that link to Stephen Fletcher coming to Celtic. But I think last season was actually not one of his best seasons, but he apparently found that kind of wee spark again last year mm-hmm. and he was playing really well. And even though he wasn't scoring every game, he was assisting and there was a lot of kind of hype about him. See, see if you could say to me just now, you can have that one for last year. I'd probably be like, I okay. He's not coming to replace Edward, it's backup. Mm-hmm. So it's the last 10, 50 minutes in the game against like Cloggers, the Lakers, St. Mirren, Livy. I, I have no issue with him going up top because something different for Eddie to work off of. 
it's a guy that can hold up play. We've seen it for Scotland so many times. It holds up the ball well and links people into the game. If Eddie can play off that, I've got no issue. That's a page you played deal. I don't. I don't know if I'd take him no full time with all the bells and whistles. To be honest, though, I think we could do better in that, in that case. Another guy we get linked with every single year, it seems, is James McCarthy. Um, probably could take Bellamy to be fair to be fair he'd probably still come if he could um, <laughs> James McCarthy uh, Crystal Palace he's at just now um, he's been playing I actually noticed quite a few things watching Crystal Palace on the telly he always seemed to come on as a sub for James McArthur and it's just that wee Hamilton connection <laughs> with the two of them I'm like how you just ended up back at the same team in the same league again but are they working together or no? Aye, but they just kind of follow each other everywhere they go. And that's still Hampton's current thing. They bring through that, they bring through youth players. That's the only two they've done anyway. Aye, exactly. Nobody else has kicked on. Um, what would you make of that one though, James McCarthy? I reckon, I reckon he'd probably he would do a turn for us. I just don't see him getting in the team. If we've got a guy like no. Cham, and Cham's Did he play much last year. Uh, aye, he pretty much played. He pretty much played every game. I think. But he came on as a sub quite a lot of the time. So he didn't, yeah, start, yeah. he didn't start a lot of games. I'll, I'll have a look just now and see what it is. I was playing a lot after the... I don't know what was happened before, but the lockdown, I watched a lot of the Premier League when it came back in June, and he was playing most games for Christopher. I think Ryan touched on... Uh, nah, not, I don't think we need him at the moment. The fact is we've got Christie, we've got Rogic, I mean, forgotten man, Tom Rogic, he's still there. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Encham, we've got Brown, we've got McGregor. I thought Sorrow looked neat and tidy. Pre-season games, we'll probably see him again next pre-season because you know what it's like with guys like that. Celtic never really get a chance. He'll get five, he'll get five minutes of <laughs> two weeks' time or something. But uh, I mean, if you're going to bring a guy like McCarthy in, I mean, that would say to me that you're, you're eyeing up Encham leaving and just, nah, don't want, really yeah, want that to happen. I mean... That's another interesting debate that might want to touch on and want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, in Cham Christie debate. I mean, for me, I've got to play in Cham. I mean, I can understand Sunday went with Christie. Uh, I can understand mm-hmm. games at home at Hamilton and kind of against your SPL teams at home. Christie had a great record last season, scored a lot of goals. But big games, I mean, if we were to play Rangers tomorrow, Olivia and Cham got to start in that midfield for me because Rangers, when they played us last season, two games uh, in December they, they won the midfield battle up against it was basically Brown and McGregor up against the three Rangers players because Christie Christie was nowhere and I think big games European games and Cham's got to play Christie's still got a part to play can come on can play off either side but big games and Cham for me every day of the week Mark It was just that against PSG a bit when Cham came on instead of Brown it didn't really affect the midfield too much I think Brown's getting to a certain edge where the game's Maybe starting to pass him by a wee touch. We see this every year, but let's be honest. Yeah. But I think the intensity in the middle of the park, it might start becoming a wee bit more noticeable, Scott Brown, this year, that maybe he can't keep up with the constant pressure of a, a front three in the midfield constant bombarding them, to be fair. Yeah, actually, you, you stole my thunder there, to be fair, Tony, because yeah, I was going to say, here. I know, cheers, mate, thanks for that, you dick. <laughs> um, I think in Cham. The whole debate between do you play in Cham, do you play Christie? I actually think in Cham should be a rotation with Scott Brown because yeah. I, I don't think that it, it's not a negative thing for us that we play both of them. So Christie, Christie's great on his day, and he, let's be fair, last couple of seasons he's had a lot of great days. He's had a couple of quiet games for his, you know, particularly games against Rangers. He was very quiet. 
um, where in Cham kind of strolls through them ones almost. Um, but I think if you can find a way to fit both of them in, like you said, Tony, Scott Brown, he's, he's on his way out. This will be Scott Brown's last season, regardless of what happens, whether we do return or whether we don't. This will be his last season. But he'll, he'll pack it in. And I just think that if we can keep in Cham for this season, he'll get a more, he'll take that role for Scott Brown. He'll take that sitting midfielder with Callum McGregor, but he'll push forward a bit more than do what Brown would do. I think, if you were going to go with that, I think you would have in Cham. I get, I get your point. I mean, Scott Brown is thirty-five now, and I mean, you've all players for the past. Like he's got, he's definitely got a role still to play at the club. But there is no way, way that we need to keep slugging this guy out for sixty no. games every season like we do. I mean, the he's, de- he's definitely going to play sixty games this year. Let's be honest. I mean, he's going to play sixty games. Fact, I mean, playing Hamill at home, and I'm like, why is Scott? Is there any need for Scott Brown to be seeing it ninety minutes that game? not seen a wee bit of sorrow the fact is I think Sorrow might have been bought as the actual replacement for Brown I mean we said that about Kawasi he never got his chance I don't know Sorrow he's only, he's only came in in January but I, I do get what you're saying especially home games and I home games especially in the league you're thinking a midfield three of Incham McGregor Christie maybe a bigger European games all term you've got to have Scott Brown I think in the team but there's no need for him to be playing 60 games this season. Yeah. I think the most important guy in the midfield though is Callum McGregor. He just dictates the tempo. For me, it's Callum McGregor. You need to get that team around him now. Mate, I, I, said, I said to you earlier on, Callum McGregor for me is, um, is, we were talking about David Turnbull. We can talk about that actually, David Turnbull, because we watched him, we watched him last night um, for Motherwell against Ross Coutney. They, put, they started off playing him on the left um, and eventually kind of moved back in central again. At that point, I wasn't overly impressed by him. I wasn't impressed by him when he came back at the tail end of last season, when he was kind of getting over his injury towards the end. I wasn't overly impressed with any games I've seen of him. Granted, it's only on sports scenes, so you only see the bits they want you to see, right? Aye. But I, I wasn't. A, I don't think he's, he'll add anything. I think David Turnbull is the kind of guy that I would expect us to buy next season when we do a ten and we have a fire sale of players and everybody goes. That's I think the quite strange that. It was a same player. We see him in the top set in the wedding and it's all for him, but we've just never went back in from. There's never been a, even a rumour so far yet that he's going to come back back here. That's quite strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Turnbull, he's obviously still finding his fitness, I think, coming back. I think you just need to give him a season at Motherwell, see what happens with him. And I think Ryan probably can spot on there. I mean, there is going to be a fire sale, let's face it. Uh, next summer but I, I can't believe we've been talking about the Hamilton game we didn't even touch on Callum McGregor I mean he's just an absolute maestro for us see the way he controls that midfield takes the ball dictates the tempo absolutely unbelievable and he a lot he uh, just only second to Edward second key player on our team yeah, I reckon Callum McGregor is quite possibly he's, he's definitely up there in the contention for one of the best midfielders that Scotland's ever produced and I think it's everything about him he's still when he plays but it's everything else about him his work ethic um, kind of and training and stuff like that, which you always hear about, is the fact that he's he's not on social media, he's never caught up in any scandal or anything like that. He's always just in, he'd done work on becoming a better football player, and it showed because we've, we've brought him through. And you look at somebody like, somebody like Turnbull, and this isn't a, a, a slight of Turnbull, but we've heard him in interviews talking about the fact that he doesn't go to the gym, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do anything like that. He's quite boring, he just kind of sits and plays his Xbox and stuff. I, Callum McGregor might do that, but 
I don't I don't see it from him. I reckon he's like a total workhorse. He's he's in training, he's in the gym constantly, he's trying to make himself better. And I just think that's somebody that we should be quite lucky that we've actually brought him through. Aye, hundred percent. I heard from Damien Duff in his interview and he's even said he could play for Barcelona. He was the one player he picked out, Cal McGregor. Rogers, Rogers obviously loved him. I mean, I know McGinn and Armstrong and all that and Rigs McTominay, they're getting all the praise and all the hype down south. But Cal McGregor is the best Scottish midfielder currently for me at the moment. And see the fact that he's going under the radar, it's good for us because he's he's my... Uh, I want him to replace Brown as captain mm-hmm. next season. I want him to try and basically be at Celtic for the rest of his career because he's, he's 26, 27 peak his career and he's absolutely fantastic at the bottom uh, last one then last we we rumour I've seen and this is probably not one we need to talk about very much but I've seen it in the, the, the back of the paper today um, David Marshall touting himself for a return to Celtic obviously obviously he just wants part of the 10 doesn't he he's a glory hunting bastard <laughs> That's it, can we go against Barcelona and he fucks off? No, uh, exactly, quick, quick enough to go until something good's happened and then he's like, I, I want to come back to Selic. Well, do you know what, David? No, it's not happening. But if you want to come on the show as a guest, feel free, mate, not a problem at all. We can talk about it. I'll talk to you on your, your transfer back to Selic, no bother at all. Um, to be honest, I'd take him. If it's a free transfer, I'd take it. Do we need is, to is he a better goalkeeper than Scott Bain? Aye. Well, surely it's a no-brainer then. Mate, if, we're going, if, if, we're going to get rid of, if we're going to get rid of a goalie, though, I'd get rid of Scott Bain. I'd, I'd push Connor Hazard up to number two, to be fair. He did look alright against PSG, eh, Connor Hazard, but... Uh, nah, I'd, I'd definitely take the Marshall if it's a freebie. Scott? I don't think it's no, uh, it's no an area that really concerns me. I think we've talked about Bain, I'm kind of happy with him, number two. Barkas gets an injury... I know that might change, but I think there's more pressing concerns. The fact is, we need a centre-half, we need strikers and goal. We've got a goalie now, and I think that should be the end of it. Right, OK, this weekend then, we'll go through the fixtures for, for this week. So we've got St. Johnson at home to Aberdeen, Hamilton at home to Ross County, Livingston at home to Hibs, Dundee travel to Motherwell, Rangers are at home to St Mirren and then we are away to Kilmarnock. So let's look let's look ahead to to the Kilmarnock game then. What do you reckon Kelly's threats are? Because we've we've had this over the years, um, where we go to Rugby Park and we we can struggle because of the pitch. Um, you know, Scott Brown winning the league there and stuff like that. It's always like slogging games that we get at Rugby Park. And I think the last one was Julian when it last year when Julian scored that heady against mm-hmm. that was that was like a kind of breakthrough moment in that game. It was quite tight, quite tense. What do you reckon the threats will be for Kelly this season? Well, they're always a bit of a physical team, Kelly. They're always a bit about that. Boy, Powers is a nasty prick to me last year. But i seen also in the game against Hibs that the keeper they just signed on one for Sheffield United got off injured. So they actually got a backup keeper they just signed there. I can't remember the boy's name of the now. But I definitely think it's the way it hurt us on Sunday. It's them putting that ball in the box. Just whip the ball in the box at any angle. And eventually... We will panic with a goal. Scott, what are you thinking then? Biggest threat, I think, Sunday's, I think, you never get a decent game in a plastic pitch, so it's going to, it is going to be an absolute slog. Uh, but the big, I think it'll just be, it'll be breaking them down. I, I mean, they've got a real, I really like the boy Finlay at centre half for them, Broadfoot. They've always got boy power, and I've told you I was talking about them, but they're quite solid in the middle of the pitch. They're a hard team to break down, and we know what it's like in a plastic pitch. and 
In fact, it is. I don't know, maybe it might be a game. I don't think he's not going to start, but it might be a game for Matsua coming on mm-hmm. later on and trying to kind of look as if that game is if he's maybe got a wee bit to get in behind him. Mm-hmm. They play quite a deep defence, so I don't know, it might be difficult with that one, but aye, I mean, the pitch is the, pitch is the biggest level. That is our biggest threat on Sunday. I touched on it earlier on, mate. Ross Millen putting the balls in the box of Hibs. It's... For me, it's just a danger zone. It really is, especially getting that ball over from Pong Taylor. It's easily done. And we said it around about Chris Julian and Ayer. It's the only aerial duel that's going to be won in that park. They obviously lost at the, the weekend there to, to Hibs. They're away to Hibs, obviously, Chris Burke with that, that free kick. But apart from that, it was, it was a 2 1 defeat for them. Um, they played the game with the big boy Kabamba up front. He's uh, preferred to, to Brophy. They signed Kabamba back in January for Hartlepool. He only scored two goals in like 10 appearances for them. Um, granted, it was a shorter season, so he only actually had that time to to think it. I was surprised, though, because I've always thought that Aaron Brophy was a decent player. He's a decent player for Kelly as well. Like, he's always quite a handful for everybody to play against. So I was quite surprised that he's not playing. I don't know if he's injured, so that might well be the case if he's injured, and that's why they're playing him. But he was on the bench, so yes. that would kind of suggest to me that he wasn't. Um, Quite a streaky player, Brophy. I think like he'll basically he'll go for three, four months not scoring, and then he'll get a couple of months where he'll just can't stop scoring and he'll bang in a goal nearly every game. So I think that's a, that is going to be Kelly's problem this season. I think goals for yeah. them. But uh, I boy Kabamba, he, he scored uh, one of the goals he scored against was against us uh, back in January. So we know Julian's had his battles with the likes of Dykes, and even I thought. On Sunday, I didn't think Julian done really well for the goal and uh, could have scored a couple himself, obviously. Uh, but I don't think Julian and Ayer, I don't think they covered themselves in glory handling the two big centre-halves. I thought they were a wee bit sluggish, a wee bit yeah. off. You get away with that. Ham one at home. Don't know if you'll get away with that so much. Rugby park and a plastic pitch. So obviously this game last scene as well, we had uh, Eddie scoring that, that wonderful goal that he scored when Frimpong crossed the ball in. That wee flick, totally done the defenders, buried it. Um, it's a game that he quite enjoys playing as well, doesn't it, Kelly? He always seems to kind of put on decent performances in there, so hopefully you can you can do that again, eh? Aye, uh, he sort of run it a little straight on to him, but he just, he can win a game out of nothing. He does it all the time. He's just, it's getting to the stage now where he's like the Bailey Van Dyke, where he's just simply too good to the league, and you can see it a mile away. And the fact that you've got David De Gea watching the Ross County game, Spot his twin brother. Uh, there's, there's going to be eyes down south watching this because it's the only thing I want to tell you right now. So I really hope if he scores one goal, we just take him off and then that's it. Put to bed. Nah. Hidden jewels. This boy is not going anywhere for the 10. But Aye, that, that is a good point because it, it is basically the only football on the telly at the moment because even mm-hmm. Ross County game last night was the only game on. The fact is I very you just seen him, people are going to take notice of him, catch it against Hamlin, will be obviously he's been up here for the past past two seasons. But uh, I, I mean, with him and his team, we're capable of winning, winning any game up here in Scotland. It's, it's magic, but it's games that we need to keep winning. We need to just keep our feet to the fire, just keep pushing on. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic. I mean, league, league could be stopped at any point and we know if it's well, not right after 10 games, Rangers are going to be like, if we're top, they're going to be like, 
Well, right now I'm paying the call to do. I hope it's not a fucking pandemic. That's it. Ten in a row, PS3. Ten in a row. One by September. Get it up, you. 9.5 in a row. But we can't even go to the pub, though, if that happens. If they, if they shut it down because of a pandemic, the pubs will be shut in a row. We can't even go celebrate it. Don't care. I agree. <laughs> not near there. Fuck it. Um, right, boys. Score predictions in for, for Kelly. Then what do you reckon? Who are you first, Tony? I'm going to go... 3-0 Celtic I'm going to go 1-0 I think it's going to be a slog guys just Sunday night game it's just one of these it's the games you know, it's, I know it's a cliche but it's it's the games that win your championships and you just need to tick them off you need to go to grounds like Rugby Park we went there uh, last January we won Rangers went there a couple of weeks later get beat we just need to tick them off don't care how we play as long as we get the three points yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 2-0 Celtic Edward to score both of them and then get sold the next day because <laughs> he scored five already and that'll be us done I really hope it's Scott's predictions right now because yours is fucking horrible <laughs> <laughs> right boys that's it end of episode one of Pod 67 it's been good it's been a good laugh eventually eventually done it for once yeah, not too bad I've enjoyed it so we've got a score prediction success if we make it to episode two that's true, to be fair. No, we, we'll, we'll make it to episode two. We're going to do it on a, a Monday from now on. We'll have the show out by Tuesday every week. So that'll be our main show on the Tuesday. So everybody who's listened, thank you very much. Remember, you can find us on Twitter. We're at pod underscore 1967. So find us on that. We'll put loads of stuff up. We'll share Celtic stuff. Um, and we'll put up um, kind of wee videos for the show every day and funny, which we haven't done. We're never funny. No. But we might, we might put something up eventually. <laughs> Stay tuned to 2024. Aye. Right, see you for episode two, boys. Catch it. Yeah. See you later.